Hi, I'm Josiah Rizzo. And I'm Benji Jones. And on Wednesdays, we usually like to wear pink, but in honor of today, which is September 11th, we decided to have a very special, different kind of episode. We're going to pull it back a bit and just kind of talk with you guys. Um, we didn't want to have a bunch of bells and whistles or really obnoxious music <laughs> yeah, so leading just, us in. Yeah, I'm just going to talk. I'm going to keep this one very simple. Um, hi, Benji. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Did you remember that? Uh, did you know that today is the 18th anniversary? I was going to say it's almost 20 years, actually. Almost yeah, 20 years. That's, that's insane. Crazy. God. I'm not that old. Do you re- I'm only 21. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, as I had started thinking about this, there was a um, that show with Zendaya, uh, Euphoria, ah. and the way it starts off, like apparently each episode starts off with kind of like a montage of where these kids came from and how they got here, and with the Euphoria, like the first, I mean, I wouldn't know because I only watched the pilot episode, but the pilot episode starts off with Zendaya's character kind of narrating that. <laughs> she was in the womb and she was comfortable and then she was ripped out into the cruel world and hated it ever since. Mm. And she said she was born, her character says she was born like either a few days before or after 9-11 and she woke up in the into world. Into chaos. Into yeah. chaos, like and the TV was constantly on. Yeah. It was blaring and, you know, and I had never thought about it from that perspective because like, I mean, I remember a line being drawn in the sand. There was pre 9-11 and there was post 9-11 mm-hmm. but uh for some people that's all they've ever known and yeah the idea that this character who was kind of suffering from crippling anxiety as well a wealth of other issues um obviously it's a tv show but there was that interesting idea of like that there are some people who are born into this world of just uneasiness and unrest and like constant war and chaos yeah. and 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 what would that leave? What what would that leave? Like, of course, if you watch the rest of that show, all of those kids are pretty screwed up. Yeah. Um, My little brother was born in 2000, so he was born, like, right before 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that is just – there are people born. That's all they know. Around events. Yeah. That's like, crazy Same, to like, with, like, cell phones. There are people that weren't around before cell phones, and it's, like I, – I don't know. I, like – I can't – it was. I remember when I was taking care of kids in my old church's youth uh, daycare, um, and I'd have these kids talk to me about their. They'd be like, "Oh, we learned in history today about nine eleven. I was like, "You learned wow, about it? That's history. Yeah, that mm. is history. Yeah, that was that was what we experienced. Yeah. We were there. I mean, we weren't. So that's there, how but... like your grandparents feel when they're like, "Tell us about Nam," and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're so little." Like. But that's like it's the that's history. That's how time works. Like it, people are born in different times, and you have to like gather knowledge from things that you weren't there for. Like it's literally like for us, like we weren't there for Vietnam. For them, they weren't there for World War One. But what do you what do you remember about that day? That day. So I specifically remember this. I was coming downstairs for school. Had my backpack on, uh, and the TV in the kitchen was on, and I remember seeing the obviously like news coverage of the first plane had already hit um i'm pretty sure it was just the first one mm-hmm. and i distinctly remember asking my mom and she remembers this too because we were talking about it a while ago and she was like do you remember what you asked me and i was like oh, i'll never forget it and i asked her why the building didn't fall over and she was like oh because it's like they make it like really strong so like they don't like just fall over and i was like i just remember thinking that made no sense it was like that building has to fall over and it did 
Wow. Um, but yeah. Wow. And then I went to school and they were talking about it. Everybody was like talking about it in school and like the teachers were like playing uh, like the news coverage and everything in like a lot of our classes. And I think I don't remember this, but like a lot of people said that we were like everybody got out of school early that day. So I probably did too. I um I remember at first off I also just want to say thank you guys for listening and if this might be a little too much for you even though we're not getting into any graphic details but um obviously feel free to listen to this however you feel comfortable um I remember for me personally I had just moved from like we had literally just moved from California to Texas no more than a week I think yeah we Ooh. had been there for a maybe five, six days. Wow. And the house we were staying at, now I didn't grow up in a house that was filled with televisions. We had like maybe one TV, no cable. Um, Sad day. They had like a TV in every single room. Yeah. And I remember waking up, now I've mentioned this plenty of times before, I'm homeschooled. Mm -hmm. So I woke up later than usual than most people. By the time I woke up, I don't, I think I had missed everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it really hit me. I don't know that I understood what was going on. Yeah, same. I remember thinking it was like weird. I was like, oh, that's crazy. But it didn't obviously phase you because you're like a kid. Yeah. And then I was at school and that was all anybody was talking about. And I was like, what is the deal? What's going on? Yeah. It was um, it was weird because to wake up to see every single TV on mm-hmm. the same channel, essentially talking about the same thing and um there was this sense that like oh something's happening i knew something was happening i knew it was big Mm -hmm. and i remember my my brain like was just like oh i wonder if this will make an interesting story in the future and like i i was like suddenly coming up with like hundreds of stories of like people who would escape and get out of the out of the plane and and the building in time i had no clue just like the yeah the weight of all of that Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it's <laughs> so strange to think about now but yeah to be like that oblivious about like what's going on around you do you remember when it kind of like hit you because I, I i kind of remember when it um not particularly just basically watching all of the coverage in the aftermath of it i was right. just kind of like oh that's the problem because i was just like plane hit building and i wasn't thinking about people so it was just kind of right. like not a thing. And then when I you started to see like, oh, like it affected this many people and like all of this happened and you see like the tragedy of it, you're like, oh my goodness. And then like yeah. when you get older, you realize like the politics of it and all that kind of stuff and just how big, big it was. It really, it, I feel like it it severed essentially like if, if, you know, if you were to have people look back at history almost like in a Doctor Who, Whovian sense of mm. like, this is the timeline of the world and these are major events. I feel like you could easily pinpoint that and be like, that was a very, that was a major sever. Like for like, there could have been all of these multiple, like normal timelines where things progressed at a normal rate and, and the world kind of carried on and evolved as usual. But that was like a, um, uh, God, I can't remember what it's called, but like, I know there's a term for it, uh, in like an accelerated, uh, evolution almost mm-hmm. like there's a term for it in evolution when it's like something a, a series of events accelerates and kind of like causes something happens to cause like the evolutionary process to speed up to speed up mm-hmm. um 
at a at a rate that's way ab, it's abnormal mm-hmm. compared to how things have been progressing up until then. And that I feel like that's what 9/11 was. It just essentially hit and there was no going back um if there had been any promise of a future that didn't involve the airport security being crazy. <laughs> It's just more thinking like I, I feel like you could look back on it whenever we're all outside of this body and realm and just be like, oh, wow, there were all these possibilities of where the world could have gone. And then that this took us in completely yeah. in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember it hit for me when the anthrax scare happened, mm. whenever it was like, oh, now it can come straight to my doorstep yeah and you can open up personal (laughs) can open up a a letter and suddenly you're dead yeah Um, which god so i remember when we first struck in afghanistan i remember watching it on tv and there was this weird like just knee-jerk reaction that happened in the back of my head that was like oh is this it is this where war begins yeah and it was this weird feeling because like you'd always heard about war yeah but then to be like there when one was starting is very it's like i don't remember the gulf war i don't remember i was like too young for that yeah. i didn't really give a shit about it and um, then it's like you also i don't know you just don't have a good grasp on war like and then you only have heard of like the only wars you know were like the big big ones and so we're right. like expecting like world war three which i mean it could have started honestly that's what it felt like so yeah and just... that's what i remember feeling because it's like up until then we at that we had we had fought we had fought uh, we had we had gone through Vietnam. We'd um, where we had had a Cold War. We had fought in Vietnam. We'd have the Gulf War, but there was just there was nothing that kind of brought it to America's shores. Yeah, because we're always usually fighting other people's wars. And and it's like and it just felt very like we we grew up in a in a time period where it was kind of like, hey, it's easy breezy. Like yeah, right. Everything on TV was bright, colorful. Um, a lot of the things that were on TV that were like. It's funny when you think about what was on television during the 90s that was kind of edgier and grungier was more from a racial perspective where it was like, hey, guys, we still have issues here that we're not dealing with. But every other major like television show was kind of like, no, we don't. <laughs> you know, we're, we're fine. We're fine. So you, you had this like you had this sense of ease and comfort that America was going through. It was just mm. like we're fine. We're, we really are fine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then that all literally disappeared in one in a, in the span of like two hours, yeah, Oof. two hours we went from like completely feeling completely on top to just the most vulnerable, yeah. And compared to other people's attacks, compared to like how many people died on our land, and not to do any disservice to to our men and women um, who who lost their lives that day, it's just it's insane to think that that was so tragic for us. And there's people who are dealing with stuff like that like oh yeah all the time constantly like different like countries where people just are dying every day and for us it just was something we were not we weren't prepared for and it really it it affected us and for a a brief period people kind of rallied with us i mean even there were even muslims who were just like they were not for al-qaeda they were not for they did not stand with the attacks that were sent our way um and they were like no we stand with our american brothers yeah um and it's just insane to think that for a brief moment, the world was unified. Yeah. yeah. And we were kind of like, everyone was in our corner just going like, no, we're no, here that's for not you. Cool. Yeah. And I remember, oh my God, I remember the American flags. I That Everywhere. is something I can never forget that. It was this, because, so you have to remember, we were Christian 
And when so you didn't believe in America. No, when you're a Christian, I don't know how to. And it's it's gonna sound so funny and ironic coming out of our mouths because it's not true. But you feel persecuted all the time. You yeah, know? it's kind of like how like cis white men just are so persecuted all the time. It's no, but that's literally what it is. Like <laughs> a lot of the way Christianity is kind of taught in America, mm-hmm. we have this like sense of like we're constantly persecuted, we're constantly under fire. Nobody's for us. The way the world is presented to us in the church is like this idea that's that that's true that everyone's out to steal your relationship with god right. basically basically to distance you from god and and you always feel like we're meant to feel like the underdogs mm-hmm. non-stop yeah so you have this moment that suddenly not only is everyone unified mm-hmm. but we're all super like spiritually unified yeah. as well mm-hmm. and it's just like american flags our christian president god bless the usa <laughs> You wrote that down, and I completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I was like, but I love that damn, song. We got a good song out of it, too. And, and let me tell you, Please. like, if anybody ever karaoke's that song, the whole audience so quickly will lose their shit, and nice. everybody just gets so patriotic for three and a half <laughs> minutes. That song really does still strike a chord with people. Like, it really just, it hits. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So some of the um, <clears throat> notes I took were that, uh, first off, interesting note, the um, when the first plane hit, all programs and commercials apparently were suspended oh. with the four major networks broadcasting uninterrupted news coverage. That's Fox, NBC, ABC, okay. and uh That would make CBS. sense why it was just on. Right. And apparently that was the first for a vast majority since the advent of cable and satellite TV mm-hmm. to just cold stop yeah right there in the middle of everything Mm -hmm. um i mean it it shifted everything like you want to talk about the cultural impact i it was insane to think of just how much just got shelved or canceled or reworked or rewritten or or edited or or they would they would put they they had to like go over every single thing and make sure what someone said wasn't going to trigger people mm-hmm. or that you couldn't show images of the uh, of the twin towers like mm-hmm. they uh, they're like the copy of like the 1970s um king kong where he climbs the twin towers uh, the vhs cover was completely redone wow. repackaged and resold cuz it's just like we were so sensitive yeah. as a country and rightfully so mm-hmm. um it's just it was such a full stop of like, quick, we've got to change everything right yeah. now. Whereas you think of some countries just don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. They deal with something and then and immediately – it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. They, their kids have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're stuck in the middle of that shit and no one's there to clean up for them and go, hey, here's a better America. Here's a better country. Yeah. Here's something better to look at. It's like, no. It's true. Because I mean like it's like with Lilo and Stitch where oh, – right. Where they like originally the last like what chase in the spaceships was supposed to be a plane. Yeah, he was supposed to hijack, or he did hijack a seven forty seven, and you yeah. can um you can look up like the link. I, I'm not going to include it, but yeah, just search Lilo and Stitch original landing, and it was a plane, and weaving all throughout the buildings of Honolulu, and and they said. <laughs> Well, that's a bad idea. So that got changed to a spaceship, which, you know what? That's good because I think that was a little insensitive anyway to have <laughs> him steal a plane full of people. He shouldn't do that. Yeah. But, well, something I wrote down here, which I wanted to ask you. So the, the our first lady at the time, Laura Bush, she asked the parents not to let their kids see the destructive images over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, recommended that they turn off the television and do something constructive, reassuring, and calming with their kids. And my question for you is, is that healthy for us? Do you think is it is it dangerous that like on one on one end of the world children are allowed to be or forced to be basically because they have no other choice. Like right. they don't they're not able to hide things because they just don't have that luxury. So they're kind of thrown into But over here we're afforded the luxury of for those of us who weren't immediately dealing with it, who weren't actually there when it happened or didn't lose loved ones, mm-hmm. we were afforded the luxury to be able to go, okay, moving on. Yeah. You to know, be like, well, let's not dwell on this because we don't have to. Which is know? kind of a weird irony because we are dwelling on it. Like yeah. our news, the news was like 24 yeah. 7 dwelling on exactly. it. Exactly. But I think I do agree with that um, just in the aspect of it's like the difference between like, the poor kid who grew up without a father and the mom was always working and they had to take care of their little brother and like, you know, they had to like have a job really young and like they had to grow up really quickly and didn't have a childhood versus like the rich kid who was like raised by the nanny and like didn't ever have to worry about anything and like blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of oblivious to the world. And one kid is introduced to the world too quickly. Like neither one is good, but you really want to be right in the middle of that, which I think is kind of what the first lady was saying. Because it says don't, uh, yeah, don't let the parents, parents don't let your children see destructive images over and over again. Mm. So it's like don't sit there with your kid that's true. in the house all day for hours on end letting them watch everything happen. Because, yeah, that's really, a kid shouldn't see that all day. Yeah. But I mean to let them be like this is what's going on, like this is what's happening right now, like let them in on it, let them process it and understand it and help them ex- help explain it to them. And then move past it and show them that the world isn't ending. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, that's healthy. There are some kids who who are their childhood is basically stolen from them. Mm -hmm. And while you do want to prepare your kid for the real world, you also don't want to prematurely steal from them. Yeah. If you don't have to. Exactly. Do I send my my kid out right now and time it perfectly? Do I send him out too early or do I risk sending him out too late? Do I risk? Because you don't want to be like there's all this bad stuff out there and it's going to get you. And then they grow up terrified or you don't right. want to wait until a bunch of bad shit happens to them and be like, that happens. Right. And so you have Which to really... it, it's easy for that ladder to happen when you're, exactly. when you're homeschooled. Cause a lot of times you're, oh. you're in a bubble mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, my parents actually were really good about uh, prepping me for a lot of things. Cause I'll look at other homeschool kids and just go, Oh my God, did, did no one ever talk to you about how, how the real world is? Apparently not. But, you know, you go out in the real world and you're just like, wait a minute. Everybody doesn't believe the same thing I believe or, or you know. Yeah. Nah, girl, they don't. So I'm. It's it must be difficult raising – I can't even imagine what parents had to go through raising their children during that time mm-hmm. and how much of it – the ones who are least self-aware enough to ask those questions. Like, yeah. how much do I want to involve my kid mm-hmm. in what's happening? Yeah. And I think it was just something that it was so public that there's obviously no hiding it, but just how am I going to keep them going and keep them right. calm? You know, did it, did they, did, you were, you were in church at that time, right? What do you mean? Like you were going to church. I go to church. I've been to church my whole life. Right. So <laughs> what was it like? Um, what was it like when that happened? I don't remember. Probably a lot of praying. <laughs> what was it like at church for you? No, nah, I mean, I basically said it, it was like this weird feeling of like, now the world's on our side. Oh, okay. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
not to a degree, not in a sick, weird, perverse way, but there was this weird sense of like a lot of people felt in a in a way relieved that for once we were all we all, all had a common age. enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now looking back, and it's like that's that's strange. Yeah. And you know, no one. I don't think people were consciously thinking like, yeah. oh, I'm so glad that they attacked and killed people. Uh, obviously not. But, but there was a sense of like, oh, finally. We're all agreeing on something. We're not. Once. We're not the yeah. underdogs. Which, when you think about it, it's like unless you live in a third world country where they actively yeah. go after your religion, and your beliefs. Christians are not a, by any means underdogs. We're not the underdogs here. I mean, the country was based on Christianity. Like, come on. So, it's hard. But at the time, you know, of course, I believed. I was like, oh my god, we're, like, yeah. nobody likes Christians. And now suddenly, it's like, well, wow, they they finally like our president. They like us. They like. Mm-hmm. You know, so odd. I think maybe it's just a thing where they're like preparing you for like the end times. Oh my God, the end times. <laughs> what What were you taught about the end times? That they're here. Do you ever always? <laughs> <laughs> were you Were you taught the whole um that the rapture and and the mark of the beast and all um, that crazy? Yeah, no, I know the mark of the beast. Um, Sorry, guys. Now some weird obs- Christian obs- talk, yeah. obscure Christian talk there. <laughs> yeah, um, I know the mark of the beast. I know. Um, I know. Just it, it's the rapture is controversial because people don't know if it's, it would happen before or after. Obviously, like, people want that to happen before all that shit. Happens yeah, that'd be great. Like, I want to be a Christian and just do out. And- <laughs> Sounds good to me, but um, <laughs> but yeah, all of that suddenly was like, well, there it is. Happening. That's it. We're we're done. Checking out. God, and it's so how I don't want to say vain because that's an insult, but how you <laughs> telling—that's the word I'll use. How telling that the one attack that happened to us, we were suddenly like, well, that's it. The world must be ending now <laughs> because we got attacked. It's like, oh, really? Now it's a problem. Like, uh, um. Interesting things that happened. Uh, the U.S. Patriot Act, which was passed on October 26, 2001, strengthened national security, giving permission to law enforcement to search and detain without consent. Wiretaps could be bypassed in favor of accessing stored voicemail or intercepting communications on projected computers. FBI was given access to documents that, quote, revealed the patterns of U.S. citizens. Right. So that's when they got access to our phones. Right. And thus the algorithm was born. (laughs) And what's interesting, I searched. I couldn't find a lot of articles that talked about the correlation between 9-11, September 11th, our response to September 11th, and how our response basically trickled down to our consumeristic use of the internet. Because... All those things go into play. You, I mean, you know, you saw the movie Small Soldiers where they, they were like, we have military technology, but now that we don't have anything to do with it, eh, we'll just put it into toys. Into toy, yeah. That was kind of like a a parody of that, but it's... It's kind of true. It's true. Like, everything, all of the advances, most of the, of the advances that we have technologi- technologically yeah, yeah. is from war. Yeah. Or from advances that we made trying to... I mean, water guns. They're just guns. <laughs> like, come on. And now they're a kid's toy. <laughs> and it's just so strange. And like, and that's what I meant by that like rift in time where essentially we or that term I was talking about, how like we just had this like this jump in evolution mm-hmm. where we were progressing at a steady rate in terms of like the internet and and our communications. And then suddenly it was like we need to communicate 24-7. Mm-hmm. We need to know where our kids are. We need to know where our country's at. We need to know where, at what everyone is doing and what they're talking about at all times. And 
that absolutely affected things as innocuous as MySpace and Facebook mm-hmm. and like and friend well Friendster was around before um the hell is that it's before our time before, before. my time <laughs> <laughs> right cuz I'm so much older than you, you are uh, and so that's just so weird to think about like we would not be where we're at socially if it wasn't for 9/11 just that's crazy cuz we didn't have something that essentially has set a fire to be in communication and learn and like really really like i mean it was the spa- it was a it was our version of the space race like mm-hmm. suddenly we had a bunch of people working in different areas of the world to just like boost communication and mm-hmm. and really figure out how to keep in touch with things at all times and make sure something like this never, never ever happens again yeah i also didn't realize until this happened that apparently people used to hijack planes like that was like a thing like did you did you know that i kind of knew that, that like yes. plane hijacking was like kind of a thing like obviously it didn't happen every week but it was like <laughs> yeah you know sometimes people hijack the plane and then you have to like offer people money to land the plane safely and then right they like get away in a car or something and go off to ibiza and you're just like and i was like ibiza? i don't know but i like i told because i remember asking my mom this like i forgot what the question was exactly but something to the effect of like how was this okay like where or like why when they found out that the planes were hijacked did they not do anything immediately and she was like well it kind of happens sometimes but usually people just want like money like it's not something that like nobody's ever and never was there like a, a sp- an attack so specific to the heart of america yeah exactly where it was like because the twin towers basically stood as this like capitalistic like and yeah. I, I don't even say that like cynically. I'm just saying it stood as this monument to like, look what we can accomplish. I mean, it's, they were the World Trade Centers. Like it was our communication yeah. with the world. And yeah. basically literally ripping down an image of what America stood yeah. for. And like you think about all the films that like had it, like mm-hmm. had those. Oh, yeah, because that was the iconic like New York shot was the towers. What's there now? Like the Freedom Tower, right? Yeah. Did you, they finally uh, build that. Have you been there? No. Oh yeah. oh yeah yeah you I were went, there recently i went well in the last four years uh yeah. that was a I, mean, I went i went i never um i don't know i never do touristy things when i'm in new york because i visit family so i really want to do a trip where i do tourists it was things. one of the better touristy things to do because yeah. like as touristy as it is there's just this mm-hmm. this actually, reverence yeah. that like hopefully if you if you're empathetic or sympathetic enough like this reverence just washes over you that i just i felt like compelled to just sit there in silence for i mean i think i i walked through there in in about an hour but um it was it was very unnerving and very kind of humbling to just look at at like all of these lives and everything that was affected and changed after that one day two hours essentially like you know everything changed so i had people i i posted a question on my instagram um asking people to tell us how 9-11 impacted their life um i had one person mike ohora he responded that his dad was supposed to be in one of the towers that day wow wow mike's dad was sub- his dad was supposed to be in the towers that day or and um of course his friends lost parents That's so i mean that was a recurring thing that i saw a lot of um was that people lost people or somebody was supposed to? Um, Kristen, who I won't mention her last name, but Kristen uh, said that half of her classmates had parents that worked in the city 
and her teen friend's lost parents. Um, they were devastated. So I, I of course reached out to her and just told her, sent her my condolences, you know, yeah. thoughts and prayers, whatever the hell you can do. Um, but I did tell her I was like, you know, hopefully, you know, at the time you were some form of light to your friends because that's all we can be like mm-hmm. more than thoughts and prayers like the best you can do is actually physically be, be there, there for someone mm-hmm. um she responded back that i will never forget my sophomore history teacher because we watched it live um on her new on the news in her classroom and it really and this is these are her words it really felt depressingly fitting that i was in history class mm. the entire school was sent home about an hour later so we could get in touch with parents Spent the rest of the year in and out of uh, appointments with grief counselors. It was a rough year. Wow. So it, I mean, these are just like, let's see, who else? Um, What about the request? Pastor Eric Johnson, he actually responded to me. He said, post 9-11, TSA constantly searches my hair. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We've had Pastor Eric on before. He was on our Pixar episode. That hair is beautiful and is holding no weapons. Yeah, like, I mean... Just weapons of mass <laughs> beauty. I was like, weapons of mass seduction. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so like, much better than mine. I couldn't think of one on the spot. I know. This is why I'm not a comedian. Mm. I'd be like, hey, guys, why did the chicken, chicken cross the road? The chicken was... He was on one side of the road... And, and, like, uh, and then he, he went to, he, he had to, the road was there. He had, to, he had to, the road, he had to cross, you know the chicken hey, had to cross hey, the road. Don't hurt yourself there. Hop aboard, explorer. <laughs> um, um, oh, this is an interesting one um, and kind of like a, a funny one. I could no longer meet or see people off at the gate of an airport after 9-11. Yeah. And if you're in a romantic comedy, you can no longer run after your loved one. Yeah, and meet them and grab them right before they walk onto the plane. Nope. Not a thing anymore. No slow claps in front of the uh, <laughs> airport gate for you. Which is like, I don't remember ever being able to do that, which is crazy. Um, uh, one of the last things I kind of wanted to touch upon, the term 9-11. It's just so strange to think how t- two numbers could become so ominous. Like 9-11 used to meant... I'm calling for safety. I'm calling for help. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of like this weird duality of just like 9-11 and everybody knows what you're talking about. Everyone can remember essentially where they were. I, I brought it up to a coworker today. Yeah. Just today. I was like, isn't it crazy to think that this tomorrow is the 18th anniversary. And she, she buttoned up and was like, I was there. And then that was all she wanted to say that I don't even like thinking about it. That's crazy. And I just, I was like, okay. And yeah, like, I don't obviously remember a lot of things, especially past, like, before a certain age. Like, I don't remember specifics on where I was or what I was doing. And I definitely remember that. So that tells you right there that that was obvious. <laughs> you know, if you didn't believe that it was a big event before this, Benji now says you know. it is. That's uh, annoying. Anything that you kind of want to say before? So, two buildings fell, almost 3,000 people died. And it was a worldwide tragedy. Hmm. Tell me why in Man of Steel they can knock down half the entire fucking city and nobody cares. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you that that's the. Just to bring it back to movies real quick. No, I, the I bane think of my existence. Not just that. That was the worst offender, but just any movie. And no, it's a good point because obviously. I mean, I was looking through the list of films that were affected by 9-11, kind of like immediately yeah. within a, a five-year span. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if they let that out? Like, But that's the thing. It's so insane to think about. Like, 
you can do all of this like redressing, re-editing, getting rid of the buildings. People uh, apparently they cut out the uh, the Twin Tower section from Home Alone Two really? for a good chunk when they would show it on TV. You can do all of that you want, but people weren't learning the actual lesson, which isn't to protect and forget. It was like remember and reverence and yeah, respect. Exactly, respect. And you have filmmakers like, and I'm sorry, I I do actually appreciate some of your work, but you have filmmakers who like Michael Bay. Or Zack Snyder, where they like just throw around death and violence so casually, which I'm I'm not against. I do enjoy films that are that tend to be violent, but like you can tell that there's a disconnect that the way they yeah. write and they have it's. I'm not saying like it needs to be overly patriotic. It's just in a real world, if a character like Man of Steel was in the middle of the ashes of an entire city. And he just started making like, and he makes out with his girlfriend in that moment. It, it, it's just like that's that's so disrespectful. That just all that tells me is like he didn't act, he doesn't actually consider people. Yeah, because in that moment, I'd like to think that I mean, because there's a difference too. It's not like kissing someone and like, oh my god, I'm I, never gonna see. You I, I'm so glad you're yeah. here. I'm so glad I survived. There's a difference yeah. between that, like. Even as dumb as it is, do you remember the end of Twister when they survive, <laughs> like the tornado, and they're like, "Let's make out." Yeah, and it's like, okay, it's kind of cheesy, but also like they just survived it's something crazy, a traumatic yeah. event. They kind of, but in that moment, it's like this Lois, the girl I love, finally, with fi- yeah. There's like a finally, mm-hmm. except that finally is surrounded by the ashes of dead people, and you're just like, of like an entire freaking, and you city. can tell that the filmmakers they just like they're like what. Superman saved the day. It's like no, he didn't. No, like not even like forgetting the fact that he pummeled through the buildings. Let's just forget that. Like just pure decency. We don't need him making out. Yeah, not kissing someone he's loved forever, mm-hmm. and like just like there's the adrenaline. It's just a makeout sesh. Yeah. Like, you know, Ooh, let's save the world. And I'm horny. Let's yeah, basically. And then of course, what did they cut to? Hi, I'm Clark Kent. I'm working at the Daily Planet, and no one there is just like burdened by the eternal weight of the fact that they've lost half like their half city the freaking city like i just that it's like the one thing i did appreciate away. about the sequel of batman v superman was that like at least batman was acting like an actual human being <laughs> would during that time which is like a that was tragic b we should stop it c we should overreact and make sure that anybody who's a foreigner gets the hell out which is like essentially what well, that's what he was like. He turned into Trump. Well, I mean, Batman did. He pretty much was just like aliens. Yeah, he was like if, actual aliens from another world. Right. You said foreigners. Well, get I mean, out. Sorry. Sorry. I was like, I like foreign, but essentially wasn't. And it might be an overreaction or not. But the point is, like, he was but volatile. Human, he was. It's the human reaction to overreact and be like, no, everyone, everyone has to go now. Right. You I'm know? not saying it's right or wrong. Whereas, what I'm just saying is like yeah. it's at least more human reaction True. than. And it hey plays, guys, yeah. I'm Clark Kent, and everything's okay. It's like, it's like no, what? it's not. But it plays into like the Islamophobia that happened after 9/11. Yeah, and which is that something I want to do a future episode on when we have the the proper guest? Mm. But just, I mean, that's a that is it's a, a whole, whole other episode other worth episode, of how yeah. we treated um, people who essentially believe. Because like I said, once we were no longer the underdogs, someone had to be the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not only physically in terms of like. Al Qaeda, Muslim, you're you're the enemy, quote unquote. Um, but then someone had to be the spiritual enemy. Someone had to be kind of like, well, if America's on top, 
what's in opposition, mm-hmm. you know, who, who presents the threat to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just before it was, um, the Russians, right? <laughs> they were always the bad guys in all the movies and then it was Nazis before that <laughs> yeah. Russians after that, after the cold war was the Russians. And then who's next millennials. <laughs> okay. We're obviously all right, we're, we're deteriorating. To, we're deteriorating. <laughs> um, before I signed off, I did want to just say, Obviously, anybody who was personally affected by this, there's really nothing we can say or do. Just know that however you were there for your family or for your loved ones or um, just for people maybe you never met. I know even my dad, he was part of a group that traveled out to, to New York about a month after it happened. And they just they were they went out there and they loved on people. Um, That's awesome. People can say what they want to or not because it was a Christian group going out there. But I. I believe at the time there was just this, it, as strange as it is to say, there kind of there was this unifying feeling. It wasn't about people, yeah, wanting to for the for the ones who weren't completely overtaken with fear and anger. There was there was less a sense of like I need to make people Christian and more a sense of like we actually need to be there for people. Yeah, exactly. It's beyond trying to affect somebody's religion and more just about just being like, are you okay? Like what can and I do for you? I saw a lot of people yeah. step up to the the plate during that time. And I, I didn't really know it, but I look back on it now and it, there was this kind of beautiful sense of like, we're just going to be there. Mm-hmm. And for a brief moment, everyone was like truly living up to what they said they believed in. Yeah, um, exactly. Everybody was being that ideal of like American, but it doesn't take together. It doesn't take that tragedy. Um, and, you know, just, yeah. Thank you for those of you who, who helped, who served in the war, whether you believed in it or not. Thank you for, um, fighting for the idea of our American freedom. Thank you for actually fighting for our American freedom. Thank you for the firefighters who were there, the police officers, the families who took others in the ones who defended people who were being persecuted, anybody who stood up for anything or any cause during that time. Um, and I'm not saying that in a blanket. Oh, let's just love. Let's just like not have a statement. I mean like anybody who went out of their way, went out of their way to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In any way, whatever way it was. I don't know if you guys know, but this was a little last minute. This was a little (laughs) bit last minute and it, it, it kind of snuck up on us, but, um, it was something that I just felt like we had to do. Mm -hmm. So I promised you that we would have kind of a different episode. So let's, uh, there it is. Let's sign it off. We're not. I, and, uh, if you follow us, thank you. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I'm Josiah Rizzo. I'm Benji Jones. And uh, Wednesdays. We usually wear pink. Thank you for listening. And uh, you have an awesome, blessed week.